Welcome to the floor, fantasy and sci-fi lore. We are still diving into The Witcher. We are in episode six of the Netflix series. Now, it detailed on our episodes, it's a little deeper because we had a couple intro episodes and we've had a few shorts about various things within the universe. But if you're watching the show and you don't want any spoilers, that's what you want to watch before hearing this. We are going to be talking about the dragon hunt. We are going to dive into who are the Zeracanians and what they believe and why and how that really changes things early on if you're familiar with that piece of lore. And then, of course, we'll go into the details about the various factions, who are the Reavers and the Dwarves their reputations for dragon hunting and why each of them is here and even Sir Ike, what brings him to this dragon hunt. Uh, we will talk about uh, Dopplers and what makes the one in the Netflix series so unique from all the others of his species. So if that interests you, stick around. We're going to dive in. Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing, so good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. All right. Welcome to another episode of The Floor. We are still in the world of The Witcher. So if you're following along with the Netflix series, this is for episode six there. It's a little deeper in our list of episodes because we had some introduction episodes that we did. And so that is where we are going to be starting. This is the Dragon Hunt, where we will meet three Jack Dawes, uh, along with some other uh, people. Um, Aaron, Jack what? Three Jack Dawes. That's his name. Dawes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, a single person, three Jack Dawes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His Little first tricky. name is Three, so he goes by Three normally. I think his first name is Three Jack. So that that is where we are at. To, to start off, Geralt is traveling with uh, Dandelion or Yaskir. And it is mm. there that three Jack Dawes tracks him down. And he is with two Zeracanian female warriors. The and they Jack want... Dawes, not Geralt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so he wants to recruit Geralt for a dragon hunt. A dragon has been spotted within a territory owned by one of the uh, smaller duchies. And the local lord is then offering a piece of land, uh, a healthy, like a, a large gold reward, but also a piece of land. So essentially becoming a landed lord for anyone who can kill the dragon and get rid of it. Right. So that is what is on the table. And three Jack Jaws and his two female warriors have tracked down Geralt of Rivia to help them kill the dragon. 
Of course, Geralt refuses, right? But Three Jack Dawes doesn't just give up with a simple no. He takes him to a tavern. He pays for dinner and drinks as he tries to kind of pitch his case. And it's here that we meet the other teams that are going to be taking place. So we're, we're going to have the Reavers, the Dwarves, and then the Knight. So, so we'll t- back up for a little bit because Reavers are new. So I'm going to go into each of these factions in detail. But uh, I'm just saying knights, people tend to know. Dwarfs, people tend to know. Reavers is a new term. Eli, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Well, I recognize Reavers. Um, you know, uh, Firefly, we've got Reavers in there. Um, so, so these uh, are not Reavers as in lowercase. These are Reavers capital. It's a, it's, it's a title for a mercenary group, the Reavers. Okay. okay. So they are just a mercenary group. Yeah. So like yeah, there is lowercase Reavers, like people who are kind of classified as that type of group, but mm-hmm. this is not that. This is just a title they've given themselves. Okay. 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 Yes. Claim the name. Claim the name. So yeah. So these are the factions. We'll start with the Reavers. So like I said, this is a group of mercenaries and their original purpose when they formed was to kill dragons. And in the nation of Redania, they have wiped out all the dragons in that nation. So they have killed many dragons. They're very good at it. They know what they're doing. The second group are the dwarves. So most dwarves in the continent live in a region called Mahakaham. And this is a range of mountains that kind of spans across what are called the, the four nations of the north, right? We've got Redania. We've got uh, Lyria and Rivia. You've got Termania. So you've got these big nations up in the north. And these these mountains move through all of these kingdoms. And because of that, uh, the dwarves do not actually have their own nation. They are subjects to the kings of these nations. But they function very independently as a vassal state. So essentially, they... They act as though they're independent, but they do pay a tax to whatever kingdom their mountain that part of the mountain range falls under. But they still all work together as kind of a, a single. Yeah. So, like I said, they function very much as an independent nation. And the reason they're able to do this is that they are the produce the largest producer of iron and weapons in the entire northern kingdom. Mm. Or not Norman, I should say Norman Northern Territory, right? Everything north of the Yoruga and some of it south. They are its biggest producers. And they basically keep the kings and queens that rule over them in check by saying, Hey, if you don't let us live independent with the exception of the tax, we will flood the mines and shut down all the iron and all the weapons, and we will let your enemies know. So, mm-hmm. so they, they have an infrastructure to Yes. So, fight about. so back up, you said they are the of the biggest territories, not the biggest kingdom of the north. So, yes. Yeah. So what I mean is like all the, if you take all of the nations of the north, they supplied most of the iron and weapons to all of that, including mm. Nilfgaard. The, uh, no, not Nilfgaard way down in the south. Nilfgaard's got okay. its own system. Oh, Nilfgaard's way down in the south. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So most dwarves that leave Mahakaham are either soldiers or mercenaries. And, of course, we will meet Yarpen Zigrin uh, by name, who is the leader of this group of dwarfs. And they have slain one dragon before. Uh, 
so they came together mm-hmm. and they slew the dragon Octus. He was an albino red dragon. And so they have some experience. They haven't killed as many dragons as the Reavers, but they're not just saying, hey, let we hope this works out for us. They know a little bit of what they're doing. They do have some experience when they come into this dragon hunt. You had a name for this dragon. I'm I'm kind of wondering like what kind of dragons we're we're dealing with here. So the dragon that is being hunted in this episode is a green dragon. Uh they are the most common type of dragons in all of the kingdom. Um, we are going to do a whole short on dragons at one point. So okay. I'm gonna save time by not like spending 20 minutes now because we've got a whole episode on dragons coming out. Okay. Um, but yeah, suffice so to say they're the most common and the easiest to kill. I wouldn't say the easiest to kill, they're just the most common, right? That's okay. kind of the breakdown of a dragon. They're the E, they're they're just the most common. Okay. Okay. So the third group is three Jack Dawes and the Zaracanian warriors. Now, this is where things get really interesting. So these these are two, these are the two female warriors that are with him. They're from Zaracania. Now, Zeracania is a land far to the east that most people don't know about. So if we look at the continent, there is a mountain range way at the north, and there is a mountain range on the far east, and most of everything we know about and interact with will take place between those mountain ranges. And then to the far uh, west is the ocean, and then at the very bottom of the map south is Nilfgaard. And those are kind of the boundaries of the map for the most part. There is a pass through those mountains in the far east that kind of make this massive wall that, that spread the, the length of the continent. And through that pass, you will go get to go to Zeracania. So what little is known about Zeracania is mostly bought through by the few merchants who are willing to brave. So it's it's a lot of wasteland, desert and wasteland between Zeracania and the mountains. But we do know that their religion is that they worship dragons. And oh, that- interesting. These female warriors are often equal to witchers in combat. We don't know what alterations have been made to them to enable that. And but they're, they're probably just as tough in some yeah. way. And most of the female warriors that come from Zeracanian are priestesses of the dragon cults. Interesting. But they're here hunting the dragon. They're here with three jackdaws hunting the dragon. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But and it's then, a common dragon. So, I mean, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Or they may just have a different agenda, right? Like two priestesses who worship dragons show up for a dragon hunt. They may not be here to kill the dragon. They may Maybe three Jack Dawes pays really well, you know? Or or maybe they're just here to meet him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Offer homage. Knowing that about Zeracania kind of makes you think three Jack Dawes and them have a different agenda than everybody else. Mm -hmm. I see. And then the and he's the one trying to recruit Geralt. Geralt. Yes, he's the one trying to recruit Geralt. Yes. So, so. a couple things here that I think are important to add, uh, just before we dive into it. Uh, during their meeting, like their initial meeting, when Geralt, like, well, not their initial meeting, but when they go back and they get drinks and they eat at the tavern, uh, they go over dragons with Geralt. And at this point, Geralt actually knows a lot about dragons. I think. This I would say this is important just to say that he is a little bit more knowledgeable in his yeah. uh, growth as a witcher. Because like we said in the first episode, man didn't even know what the right monster was. Yeah, Now yeah. he can explain which dragon is which, how to identify, all this stuff. And yes. He, he's been learning. He's, he's, yeah, he's yeah. smarter man now. Yeah. And he was he was searched out by name. So he's at, at least all, not only been learning, but been doing. 
Yeah. Leveled up some, his monster lore. Some yeah. reputation. Exactly. Yeah, leveled mm-hmm. up his monster lore. All right. I want to cover the last faction before we go into our break. And so the final faction is the thing that changes everything, right? So uh, if this is Ike, who is an unlanded knight, right? So Sir Ike, oftentimes these would be called uh, either wandering knights or hedge knights. And essentially what this means is that at some point in their life, this mercenary was given an opportunity to take an oath, uh, the oath of knights by either a lord or just a fellow knight. And so they have been given a knighthood, but they don't own any land. And so they travel the land looking for someone to serve. Now, what this opportunity then means for Ike is that if he is able to slay the dragon, he becomes a landed knight and lord, right? Mm. And so this is this is a big step up in knighthood to be able to be a landed knight, just a in more than just a hedge or wandering knight. I gotcha. Okay. So yeah, so this is I, I guess this is this first step into nobility of a family being able to get this piece of land. So that is Sir Ike, and of course, Sir Ike has asked the sorceress Yennefer to help him. And oh. so this is a specific moment I want to cover here. Geralt is having a conversation with Three Jack Dawes. And Three Jack Dawes is talking about, you know, the glory and everything of the dragon hunt. Geralt says to Three Jack Dawes, no treasure is worth dying for. And Three Jack Dawes says to Geralt, depends on the treasure. Yennefer walks in the into the tavern and Geralt says, I'm in. <laughs> and i just thought that was very fitting right depends on the treasure and then suddenly the treasure changed and Geralt was all in uh, well she's involved i'm involved yeah yeah that's pretty good <laughs> and some people in this world think witchers don't have emotions <laughs> yeah so that is uh where we're at and we'll take our break here and then eli will give us a quick summary to make sure the know nothing or the uh, understood what we just covered. All righty. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And... We wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room uh, a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. If you were a doppelganger and you could choose who's gonna you're going to replace to make the world a better place, who is it? You gotta be sneaky about it. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me think about this one. I want you to go first, Aaron, because you always get so disappointed when we answer and they're just such I good just answers. like to argue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just true. Welcome back from the break. All right, so in this one, we're covering this dragon hunt that uh, is is afoot, and uh, we're, there's a well. Hunt they're they're hunting the whole dragon, not just his foot. Right. Yes. <laughs> hunting the whole dragon. Um, there's land 
being offered for who can slay the dragon. We have the Reavers. This is a mercenary group built for killing dragons. We've got some dwarves, and they've got one kill on their hands. We have Sir Ike, a landless knight who is employing Yennefer. And we have three Jack Dawes. Uh, and he's got his two uh, female warriors who worship dragons. Uh, and he's trying to convert or, or uh, recruit Geralt. But really, it's the fact that Yennefer is there that he has chosen to join. I think that's uh, what we've covered. Can, can we just touch real quick on the uh, the landless knight? Because I didn't know he was a landless knight at the first time. And mm-hmm. He's a really interesting character because he acts like, you know, when a boy first meets a girl and she asks him if he can do something and he's like, oh, yeah, I can jump that bridge. No problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and he can't. But, you know, obviously he can because she's pretty and he wants to impress her and whatever else and her honor or whatever. That's kind of literally the entire sum up of this character. Yeah. And I was just wondering if that's like he's like personifying and acting more like an and well, I would say obnoxious knight, but he's acting like trying to act the part of a knight because he wasn't born or raised one. Yeah, very possibly. You know, we see him, you know, trying to act this role to, 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 to he's trying to look what, like what he thinks she will expect a knight to be, you know, because he is out here. Oh, so he, he likes Jennifer. Of course he does. Everyone likes Jennifer. So <laughs> okay. Very attractive. Right. Like she yeah. was magically made attractive so although i between the 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 conversations between yeskir and yennefer at this point he does not like her right as soon as Geralt says we're in he sees like like yeskir is all in about hunting this dragon until yennefer shows up he's like we're out and Geralt's like we're in <laughs> they flip that is true well the only time he met her before is she tried to do some like demonic curse nonsense yeah. on him because we did like the uh, there was the gin. But uh-huh. also keep in mind, if a girl tries to take your best friend from you and does a pretty good job at it, I might add, <laughs> you're not going to like her that much. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I got like 30% there. less time with my friend this week because of you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, he's like, no, nah, I don't like her as much. And he always pisses Geralt off. He knows she's not good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dragon hunt begins and they're they're heading up the mountain to that. And we're going to jump now to Cirilla's storyline that takes place within this episode. And the thing I want to focus on here is the doppelganger. So we saw the doppelganger very briefly uh, in the other episode, but he'll he'll show up a lot more in this one. This storyline with this specific doppelganger is entirely in the TV series. Uh, again, I'll point out that the two years Cirilla spends looking for Geralt are not is a single paragraph in the books. Um, and so there's even an event in, in an earlier episode where the doppelganger is being hired to hunt down and bring Cirilla back. And Kahir, who is the, the leader of the Nilfgaard army and the guy tracking her, he even mentions when he hires the doppelganger, you are not like others of your kind. And... What he means there is that doppelgangers or Dopplers are very kind and very community oriented within the world of the Witcher. And so this one that he hires, his sinisterness, his interest in in eating pieces of them, all of that is just about him. A doppelganger, he doesn't need to eat part of his prey 
or anything like that to be able to duplicate them, right? They just oh. have. Um, and so like a lot of times, usually there'll be a community uh, uh, of doppelgangers because they live in these these groups together. And usually they will only take over somebody like that. Uh, they're, they're generally not murderers. So what happens is usually they will see somebody die and then they see the debt taking over that person's life as an opportunity to improve their community. Like mm. it is not uncommon for a cruel or ruthless leader to be replaced by a Doppler. And suddenly they just become nicer because the Doppler <laughs> knows they had a heart attack and died or they got ambushed, didn't survive. The Dopplers hide the body and one of their guys takes over. And now suddenly the Doppler you get Fridays me, off. Like you get Fridays off. Yeah. Yeah. And so like there's there's always like a really weird thing when a doppelganger takes over somebody who was, you know, this cruel, ruthless person because they still act the part. Uh, there are stories all over the continent of people who are just as rude, just as crass, will make just as many threats as they always have, but suddenly they don't follow through on any of that nasty stuff they promised they would do. And uh, so, the, and usually it's like, mm, it might be a Doppler, <laughs> you know, because uh, he used to torture people all the time. Now he just talks about it. You'd mentioned a, uh, a ruler who's ambivalent to the well-being of his citizens, and he'd be a good candidate for that. He'd right? be a good candidate for a Doppler. So, you know. but I'm actually going to talk about Nilfgaard next. Wait, uh, no, I have okay. a question. At, okay, at this question may have to be asked at the end of the episode. I'm going to ask it now, and we'll see if this is the one we ask for treasure room. Uh, if a doppelganger tried to become a witcher, what would happen? So they take on the image, and they have like the memories. But they don't like they wouldn't get his powers. Okay. His resistances, his spells. his strength, his speed. Yeah. They wouldn't be able spells. to pound potions like he does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's just normal average dude. Here you're talking about a doppelganger who's essentially a psychopath. Yeah, let, let's yes. circle back. We were talking about doppelgangers who are normally nice. This one is the opposite. Yeah, this one is the opposite. And and he's being sent to he's, track down and assassinate yeah. somebody? No, he's been sent to track down and I kidnap is like I guess the real intention, but the hope is that through using a doppelganger who can look like someone she cares about, Cirilla will just come with him so yeah. that he oh, can lead okay. her back to Nilfgaard. Okay, okay. Cirilla is the target. Yeah. Bring back. Yeah, so Cirilla, the one that the Witcher is trying to get super powerful little girl. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. So, and then we'll talk briefly about Nilfgaard. Uh, so at this moment now, we talked about the ruler who didn't care, and then he got overthrown, and then the Usurper was on the throne. Well, the royal family of Nilfgaard has now taken over the throne, and the father who didn't care about his empire, he has died, and now it is his son who is ruling Nilfgaard, and he has turned it into a military machine and is conquering territories at a very fast pace, moving northward. And as we know, he has already conquered Sintra, where he tried to capture Cirilla. Okay, so he is the one commanding this this army to expand. Yeah. <clears throat> that eventually overtakes that uh, city. 
Yeah, at the very beginning that we saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So he he's the the conqueror. Yeah. So yeah. so like I said, we know that they're they conquered Sintra in Cirilla's storyline because that's why she's on the run. But if we jump to Geralt's storyline because it's taking place earlier, Nilfgaard has been returned to its royal family and they're beginning their conquest. Okay. Which is you know you get to watch it all over again, which is cool. And it's all right. All right. <laughs> so I think there's two. Other major points I want to cover. I'm trying to be quick because we're running low on time and I haven't given Aaron much time at all. So Yaskir okay. uh, mentions a prayer to Malitala. And so this is uh, one of the oldest and most widespread religions on the continent. She's the goddess of fertility and the harvest. And she's worshipped by both dwarves and men. So I was like, I wanted to bring that up because he does mention this prayer to her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Aaron, you had something? Nope, not about that one. Okay. The Herika? Did you want to talk about the Herika? I don't know the Herika. So the Herika is the monster that Yaskir encounters <laughs> as he's climbing up the mountain. He thinks it's cute, and then it's big all of a sudden. Well, he so, just sees this little face, and then it stands up, and he gets scared. And then, well, this is this is actually why I mentioned Night Oaf Boy. Yeah. That's what I call him. He's freaking Oaf. Ike, uh, Sir Ike. Yeah, yep. Sir. The landless. Freaking Mr. Board, Mr. Noodle Brain over here. Gaskier obviously is trying to hit on these cute uh, women. What are, where are they from again? Zerkanians? Yeah. Zerkania? Yeah, Zerkanians. Uh, he's trying to hit on them because they're pretty and they're there and he's him. So yep. he's like, let me get you food. Oh, blah, blah. And he like goes out to find flowers or something. And then he finds this cute little animal when he's like picking flowers, but it's just its face. And then it stands up and it's like a foot taller than him. And he's really scared. And he runs away. And Geralt's like, just leave it alone. Give it some food, like whatever. It'll be fine. And then Oafman like runs in and just beats Chop, the crap out of it. Chops it to scared. pieces. He doesn't beat the crap yeah. out of it. He chops it to pieces. He chops okay. it to freaking pieces. Uh, and Geralt's just like, you could have just given it food and it would have left you alone. Like, I, yeah. And I think that's really important for Geralt because that yes. shows a big change in Geralt. Yes. Because he knows that much and cares that much. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I think that's this is the final step in kind of his evolution into becoming the witcher that he is famous for being. That he, he knows the creatures, but he really doesn't feel like just killing them because they scare you or you don't like them. He kills them because they're dangerous. Yeah, monsters he, are monsters. He eventually yeah. turns into the guy, of, oh, I'll just take the spider outside. <laughs> yes, he turns into the, I'll take the spider outside instead of smashing it kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's, it's now, I do want to talk about the Hereka even more. And so I think it's very possible that the writers of the series have changed the lore of the Hereka because this is the truth of the creature in books and games. The Hereka they don't hurt people, but there is a poisonous gas in their excrement that is responsible for more human death than any dragon. And they will pick <laughs> off livestock leading to starvation. And so it's either they change the lore or Geralt is still learning. He recognizes that interactions with the Herika, it's not dangerous, but they actually do kill a lot of people by their poisonous nature. I see. I see. And and then economically I think people by I think you're right about it being him not fully knowing everything yet, just because of 
what happened to Oaf Boy. Yeah, yeah. Although he does tell him not to eat that. Don't eat that, you know. But, yeah, but I don't think Geralt often eats monsters. I think Geralt also knows that. He's like, I'm not eat this until I bring it back to, you know, Witcher homeland and double check with my guys. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. one other thing that we didn't mention is Geralt still only has one sword during this period of time. Oh. Because normally a Witcher has two, but two. He, he only has one because, I mean, we don't know yet. But we don't know. Yeah. He does have two later. Okay. So we'll so, probably have a, in the story, it'll come apart where he gets the other sword, right? At, yes. I would imagine he hasn't grown to you know the full extent. I know when people first saw that this show was coming out, they threw a hissy fit because they saw that he didn't have whiskers, you know, like the games and like oh. he's supposed to be an older witcher. But can you imagine Geralt with a, a beard, like an old Geralt, not knowing the difference between a monster? Like in that <laughs> first episode, they'd be like, wow, this girl's an idiot. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, to start them off young for that kind of a story. So, exactly. but I mean, we also did mention that by the end of the movie, we moved through almost 70 years, right? Mm-hmm. Not the movie, the end of the end of the first season, there's almost 70 years that we move across. So we definitely see him grow and develop a lot as a witcher, which we've talked about here. I would uh, like to see him with whiskers. Well, maybe in season three. Well, how about season four? I don't need it just yet. <laughs> no, no, okay. don't rush to the end. No, no, no. no. I want right. to just like, bro, no, he's still a kid. Like he. <laughs> All right. So I had more, but I think I'll just jump through a few points here. We see the on-again-off-again relationship between Gelf and Rivia. We get a few flashbacks about each of them leaving the other for whatever reason, which has created, uh, you know, a complex relationship between them. Um, Between Geralt and who? Yennefer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So which... which, Let's let's back up for a second. Whenever that happens, it also creates... uh, uh, a weird uh, relationship with Geralt and Yaskier. Yes. Because he has to let out on someone. Yeah. So whenever um, he's mad, he yells at Yaskier suddenly. And then at one point the Doppler the Doppelganger catches Cirilla, ties her up, and then goes back to Kahir as Cirilla. And then Kahir figures this out. And then a battle ensues between Kahir and the Doppelganger. And we never know who actually wins and who ends up running away. And uh, oh, because he's doppelganger. doppelganger. Okay, let's back up. I'm pretty sure we do know because we see the scar and we also see him run out of the room after the one that ran out before him. And he yells, are you in here? So that's because true. But that could just be full of people. The doppelganger could just be trying to pull the fake. Right. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. sort of like yelling at townspeople in the face. So, so I mean, but my point is be. that the doppelganger doesn't die. So even though it's not in the books, that could come back. Where yes, Kahir is, is not true. Kahir. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. Kahir might not be Kahir when we see him on screen. And then, of and, course... And this is the psychopathic. Uh, the psychopath also, Not just Kahir yeah. might not be who we, who we think he is, but literally anyone, because Any, there's a psychopathic doppelganger who might be Kahir, or literally anyone. anyone that's true, yeah. So, okay. And then, I guess, jumping to the end here, we learn that Three Jack Draw, Dawes is not a man but a golden dragon who has taken on the form of a man. He did not come to slay the dragon. He came to rescue its egg. And thus the Zeracanian priestesses were with him. And here he tells Yennefer an important thing, that she will never be able to have children. 
And he oh. also lets her know that Geralt did something in the last wish that entwined their fates. And this is the moment when Yennefer now questions whether she really loves Geralt and ever really did, or if it is just magic from that moment. So she will always wonder now if her feelings are real. Okay, back up for a second. She's the one who's complaining about magic, and he's the only reason he's with her is because magic is the reason she doesn't look like a hunchback anymore. <laughs> I just want to. A little bit of hypocrisy. Going yeah, a little on. bit. It's kind of weird to me. All right. So there were other few things I wanted to cover, but it's just we didn't have time. So yeah, I mean, this could have been a two-parter. Yeah, it could have. Uh, let's talk about the treasure room. Uh, if you're a doppelganger, who would you overtake um, okay. to make the world a better place? Ah. That's a good question. Better place. Who would you doppelgang take over to make the world a better place? But you'd have to do it in such a way that people don't notice. Yeah, yeah. They've got to be subtle about it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we'll talk about that in the treasure room. If you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic, we record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep. In the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content. Two episodes a week instead of one. Go to www.patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. That's floor spelled F-L-O-R-E. Select the fluorite tier or higher. Immediately after each episode is released, the Treasure Room will post the bonus audio on Patreon. They are identified by the tag Treasure Room After and the title of the episode. You can also do a search for the keywords Treasure Room and find all the content you've been missing. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, If you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. (laughs) Yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there. And each week... We add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. uh, We hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, Think about your favorite part of the episode. Now think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.